Chapter Three of Living with Our Children by Clara D. Pearson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On having to mind, imagine yourself small, young, and weak in comparison with those with whom you live, yet full of energy and longings for all sorts of fascinating things in which they, strangely enough, seem to take no personal interest. Imagine wanting to take all sorts of bewitching, shining, or brightly colored objects in your eager hands and being constantly admonished with a stern no-no, or balked by having things which you have obtained by surreptitious climbing snatched from your very grasp by a person at least twice your height and many times your strength imagine having this sort of thing happen hour after hour day after day week after week month after month and with some variations in objects and methods year after year would you not sometimes rebel might you not sometimes make faces at your parental nemesis or even when tired or hungry kick and scream or conceivably strike out would that not be a perfectly reasonable proceeding from your own point of view and would it not impress you as the height of injustice that you should be scolded shaken possibly even spanked for this perfectly reasonable proceeding yet precisely the situation arises in every home where a little child is being brought up in a few homes where children simply grow up following all their primitive impulses demolishing more or less of the breakables around them falling asleep on the floor when tired nature asserts herself and receiving various enlightening burns when they play with fire in these latter homes it may not the question is what are we going to do about it for their own protection children must learn to respect certain prohibitions they must learn to mind let us consider the problem of obedience from the beginning as long as the child is merely a little animal with no wants save those of food warmth and rest the problem does not dawn upon us we expect no more of him than of any other little animal we do our part and he does his temptations in the way of bric-a-brac do not approach him and he cannot approach them but he begins to creep and instantly the ever-growing problem is ours if he were a little tropical baby we should not have to worry about his disarranging the sand or shattering the stones he would have no domestic animals to abuse and if he should extend his investigating spirit to some prowling wild beast well the problem would very shortly resolve itself with the assistance of the wild beasts and we should have more time to devote to his numerous little brothers and sisters that is parenthood in the tropics that in a different environment but with the essential problem unchanged is parenthood in the arctic or among primitive people anywhere but we fortunately or otherwise are civilized we dwell in houses we use artificial heat and light we have upholstered furniture we have curtains we have almost infinite number of things which are really non-essential to the vital processes of life naturally the thing which exists for ornament is precisely the thing which first attracts the little person who is just beginning to find that he has a radius of activity the inevitable happens and we begin to look fierce shake our heads and say no no now what is the fundamental difficulty 
it is that we have to teach a child all the restraints of an established civilization this task is complicated by the fact that owing to the lack of a nursery and a nursery attendant in the average home the child while yet too young to reason or fully to understand is surrounded by a really vast number of temptations which he is too young to successfully withstand here begins a conflict of wills which often persists up to and through adolescence a feeling of division of interest a conviction on the part of the child that he is constantly dictated to and punished by his parents who are themselves accountable to nobody there will always be many occasions in which absolute obedience must be required there will always be a certain number of conflicts of will these are inevitable the child cannot easily get the adult's point of view because he has never been an adult the parent should try to understand the child's point of view and having been a child the obligation to do this is a perfectly fair requirement it is not beneath the dignity of a parent to explain why he must ask the child to yield his way at the same time it is not always possible to explain as soon as a child is old enough to comprehend a little simple reasoning it helps if he can be made to feel that although frequently given the reason for a request he cannot always be sometimes there are reasons which little people cannot understand and sometimes there is not time to explain soldiers and policemen and nurses and many other grown people who are really very important often have to do things instantly when they have no idea why they are asked to do so that always helps especially if some concrete example of this fact is recalled to his mind the thing that grinds the worst in this apparent autocracy of parents is the fact that the child thinks that grown-ups never have to mind anybody that is a perfectly natural error on his part and a mischief-making one it is only fair that as soon as he is old enough to comprehend the reasoning it should be presented to him somewhat as follows do you think that only children have to mind that is a mistake you see haven't you heard me tell the cook what to have for dinner and haven't you noticed that she serves what i asked her to father tells the furnace man how he wants things managed in the basement and the furnace man always minds father goes down to the office every day and then he has to mind the man who pays him for working there we are not there to see and hear it but it is true when i was a little girl i had to mind older people even though i did not know why and when i grew as tall as grandfather and grandmother i still minded them for they had lived much longer than i and knew much more about things than i did and they were my parents i still do as i know they wish me to even though they are not here to speak to me and that is one kind of minding everyone has to mind somebody else at times we all have to mind the laws which have been made by the government even if we do not understand why they were made we have to mind them and it is better so and then you know we all have to mind god some foolish and wicked people think it is not necessary to do so but they are always punished in one way or another for their disobedience there is always trouble of some sort when people do not mind those whom they should mind you just watch and see if grown people do not have to mind also and then we will talk this over again 
People who have not learned to mind are not safe. End of chapter 3